Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Today is the Day podcast. I'm your host, Megan Telbner, and co-hosting this mini episode with me is my husband, Josh Catalis, who is a functional medicine practitioner, and together we are the lead instructors at the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Our flagship 14-week certification program is transforming lives from the health up, starting with what's at the end of our forks. We have students join us from around the world for personal interest, for professional application. Most of all, everyone is looking to gain confidence in the kitchen and build that motivation to eat and live well. If you're curious about this program, head on over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to learn more. Now, let's dive into today's mini episode where Josh and I are tackling our favorite 20-minute meals. Now, these are meals that 20 minutes from fridge to table with a stop at, you know, the cutting board, the stove, the oven, whatever it might be, with loads of tips on how to pre-plan, pre-prep to make weekday dinners wildly simple, delicious, stress-free, and keep everyone at the table happy. Enjoy this episode. What I love about the meals we're going to share is they are 20 minutes to cook. So they they are not a lot of active time and they don't require a ton of actual cooking time. So curries are something we go to, a red Thai curry, green Thai curry. There's a, there's a lot of those that are basically just taking some delicious ingredients, putting them in a pot and let them cook. And we, I have a bunch of recipes too that we'll connect to. And what I love about this is you could actually prep everything in the morning, just leave it in the pot in the fridge. And when you come home, turn it on, simmer it for 20 minutes and you have a fresh cooked meal. Butter chicken is another one we do. Again, it's got lots and lots of healthful spices, lots of vegetables in it. You can do it with all like any kind of vegetable, basically. And again, I have a recipe for this, but it's a good way to get in the stuff that people don't often always go to, like the cauliflowers or the eggplants. And you can really mix things in and, and it's a flavor-rich one. It, this one freezes really well as well. So it can get bumped up into the freezer meal category once you've made it a few times. Another one I love is our pad thai. And this recipe is also on the blog. And the reason why I like this one is because you can make the sauce like a day or two or three in advance. You can even chop up your veggies. And so it's more of a stir fry. We don't have stir fry on our list because I feel like that's the first thing everyone learns to make when they learn to cook. It's like, I make a stir fry, come over for dinner, says that you're crush in university on the first date. <laughs> Is this from personal experience? Yeah, but he put blueberries in it. He's <laughs> trying to be fancy. It was horrible. And then proceeded to open a bottle of wine with a pool cue. <laughs> love it. Anyway, if he's listening, he knows who he is. <laughs> but um, so I love the pad thai because you make the sauce, you stir fry the veggies and you can have it again with zucchini noodles, with a rice noodle, with a pad thai noodle, with whatever you want. And it's just has such a beautiful flavor. And we usually do this one with, with tofu when we have it. Stews can be great too, because you can set it and forget it. If you have a slow cooker, you can actually do that at breakfast time and then just leave it. And that's ready when you come home. You don't even have to do anything. You just scoop, put in the bowl and eat it. Yes. That was, we did that one quite recently, actually. And then I actually mm-hmm. added to this one, we had some leftover buckwheat in the fridge and I just added that to the stew to serve it. Love it. You know, another really great tip to get more nutrition into your stews and kind of dishes like that that are hot is you can add 
agreeing to it near the end. Yes. And it kind of whittles down a little bit and sorry, wilts down a little bit and gets incorporated and you don't really notice it's there, especially if you chop it up into little pieces. So arugula does that really well. Spinach does that really well. Kale, not as well, but if you do give it a five minute cook, it, it does blend in and becomes a lot more tender. So that was about 15 weekday meal ideas right there. So two to three weeks worth, give or take. Now, weekend meals are my favorite meals because my love of being in the kitchen isn't getting dinner on the table. Like I do it and I do it with joy, but it's not where my passion lies when it comes to culinary nutrition. Culinary nutrition for me and what brought me into this field and creating recipes and teaching people and sharing this knowledge is when you have those beautiful stretches of time to get creative and do all these different things from scratch. And so a lot of our weekend meals have lots of components to them because that's one of my hobbies is to do that. And it's a really, you know, with everyone now staying home more often, it's a really nice way to spend the time to uh, do something that good for yourself and or for those you may be sharing a meal with or delivering a meal to. So one of our favorite weekend meals is pizza. Mm. And I make our, our gluten-free crust from scratch. Then I'll look at what the toppings are going to be. I make the tomato paste. And for the tomato paste, I just buy the organic jarred tomato paste and I'll mix into it some olive oil, some herbs, a little bit of sea salt, and I use that as the base. Or we can use Josh's kale pesto that he described earlier. And this is also a wonderful way on the weekends that you look in your fridge and be like, okay, this is what I have left over. Does any of this go on a pizza? And basically everything can go on a pizza. So it's also a nice way to use up leftovers while making something that feels like a treat. And so that's become a bit of a a ritual for us. This next one, I think, is one of your absolute favorite meals. Sure is. Mediterranean feast. What we eat with that is we'll do a hummus. We talked about that earlier. We'll make a tabbouleh salad. We'll do... We um, do the tabbouleh with with quinoa, parsley, tomatoes, and cucumbers. Right. Megan makes these amazing falafels that go with it. Oh, yeah. so good. Got to get that recipe written down. Yeah. And then I'll also make a baba ganoush, which I have the recipe for you for, which is a roasted eggplant dip. And if it, this is on the weekend, we have uh, made fresh cassava wraps before. Yeah. Which are super simple. It's just cassava flour and water. Of course, you got to look up the right proportions, find a recipe. And then we uh, make a dough out of that and press it in like an empanada press and then throw those on the pan. I think you mean a tortilla press. Tortilla press, yeah. <laughs> Enchilada empanada. Oh, because I I now remember one of my projects I did yeah. was making these like hand pies, these empanadas, yeah. and I used that to press them out. Where so did you it. learn the term hand pie? Hand pies? Yeah. At the, the Great Canadian Bake Off. <laughs> we love that show. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And those make an amazing delivery system for a lot of this food, like for dipping. Yeah. We love that Mediterranean feast. And another one of our go-to favorites, which was handed down to me from my mom, Patsy, is the roast chicken dinner, which is one of the most delicious and simple meals to prep. So you prepare the chicken. I do it with some onion, carrot, celery in the base. I season my chicken with just some ghee, sea salt, some paprika, nothing fancy at all. Um, And then we'll chop up some veggies to roast. And so we can cook all of that at once. And that leaves us with basically 
our dinner for Monday will be leftovers from that. And often on Tuesday, I'll find something to do with the little bits of chicken or vegetables that are left over. And maybe it's just adding it to a salad or using it that way. But it's one of those meals that serves for so long. And then I'll take the bones from that and and make a broth. And one of the final meal categories we're going to talk about is the customization meals. These meals are really great when you have different people in your household who all have different taste preferences. So pizza is an obvious example because you can choose your toppings for it. And who doesn't love pizza? Uh, the other next one we use do a lot is uh, stuffed sweet potatoes. Yeah, those are uh, pretty simple as well. You really just got to set time aside to cook the sweet potatoes properly. But yeah, you roast the sweet potato in yeah, advance. Yeah, you roast like a whole sweet potato, maybe slice, uh, put some holes in it with a fork and then slice it at the end. And then you can pile on top of it some ground beef, um, guacamole, some sprouts, like a cashew cheese or, you know, some sort of dressing or sauce that can go on top of all that. Yeah, I also add to it's usually sauteed onions and garlic and greens. Mm. And without beef, you we, you can do it with black beans. Kidney beans is really good for it. Whenever I'm using beans, I like to use anything but chickpeas because we eat so much hummus and even you can make hummus with all kinds of beans. But to just keep changing it up so you're getting that that nutrient diversity. Yeah. And then if you have multiple people, they could kind of choose what they put on it. And that's also another way to get people active in the kitchen. Yeah. Right? Like it's just a simple door opener to get them to be involved in that process. It's basically address your own sweet potato. And on a similar note would be like a rice or cauliflower bowl. So if you're grain free, you can do it with cauliflower. If you eat grains, you can do it with a rice uh, or even quinoa, use it as a base in a bowl. And then you can just make like a ton of toppings. There could be raw vegetables, there could be tomatoes, there could be sprouts. You could have some chopped avocado or guacamole. You could have olives. What you else? You can have man? tofu, you can tofu. have tempeh, you can have Josh. I feel like you're like going down the list of like the last place where you bought you you actually purchased a rice bowl where they have like <laughs> the buffet of of topping yeah, ideas. I'm trying. Roasted red peppers, all those things. And and the thing is, this is also another one that's great for using up leftovers as well, which we'll often do. And then to unify the whole thing, I'll I'll drizzle on that tahini dressing and uh, you're good to go. This is one of our favorite travel meals as well. For sure. When, when we used to travel. Like traveling as in we take it on, on the, the go, yes. like on the airplane. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now our final one here for customization would be some sort of a wrap. Now, of course, you got to start with a good wrap. There's a lot of really not so good wraps out there. And when you move away from the gluten, you lose the benefit of the glue. So sometimes it's hard to find a good wrap, but... You know, uh, you can make them yourself and there's some good ones out there. A hot tip for the purchasing of gluten-free wraps is to steam them before you use them because mm. that um, infuses them with some moisture and makes them a lot more pliable and less likely to crack and crumble. Another great option for wrap is vegetables. So you yes. can use collard greens. Great way to do that is you take out the spine of the collard green because that's really woody and then you can kind of blanch it, which means cook it very quickly and that softens up the collard green and then you can stuff that thing. Great you tip, can, Josh. Thank Great you. tip on the collard. You could also use romaine lettuce, which has really good structure to it. So you prepare some of those leaves and you can put whatever you want in those leaves and use that as a wrap. Any other vegetables that can be used as a wrap? Oh, gosh. Not really with big leaves No, like I mean, that. I've seen people use like sweet potato toast, but it's just a thinly sliced sweet potato. Yeah, not so. happening. <laughs> not going to stand the test of time. You might love it, but yeah. it's it's not toast. Yeah. 
Before I say farewell today, I want you to have the opportunity to meet this inspiring culinary nutrition graduate. Here you go. I am Jessica Mitten and I'm a 2015 graduate of the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. The program taught me so much, including developing a blog, creating delicious, nutritious recipes, and laying out meal plans. The skills and knowledge I took away from the program gave me a foundation from which I wrote my very own cookbook called Some Good, and it got published. I've also been able to maintain a blog where I share recipes and lifestyle tips at somegoodliving.com. I want to thank Megan and her team for being so supportive as I continue to pursue and reach my goals. Your words of advice, support, and encouragement through the program and alumni group have helped me personally and professionally and will continue to do so during this ongoing incredible journey. I hope you enjoyed hearing about that experience. And if you are feeling inspired, I want to invite you to join us for the 11th run of the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. Yes, we've been running this program online for years. This time round will be lucky number 11, and we would be so honored to have you join us. So if you are seeking a little bit of extra motivation, perhaps want to kickstart a new career, fuel your existing one, maybe create a side business, we've got you covered. We are teaching the teachers, whether that means sharing it in your own home or in a professional setting. Head on over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program